0: okay Okay, so got it I've never seen that before
1: yeah see there's no way that uh, I could secretly record you because it shouts at you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so today I have the lovely Jane with me hi Jane would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself
0: Yeah hi I'm Jane Risden I'm a crime writer but I also write in other genres as well if the story dictates and I've got a background in the international music industry and also in the foreign and commonwealth office that I used to work at during the cold war so I've got plenty of material there for any crimes that I want to devise and that's me. In a
1: nutshell. Um, And this is your second time and I can't remember what I asked you last time because it was a while ago. So if I repeat my questions, Um, I (laughs) apologise. No, go ahead, I don't mind. (laughs) Um, And so I always start off uh, with, did you always know that you wanted to write?
0: (laughs) Yes, I did actually, when I was little. I always wanted to write and I used to compose little stories on pieces of paper. And then I used to hide them under the floorboards because I was terrified some of them and also my mother was a bit strict and she'd start reading them and think I'd actually done whatever it was I'd been writing about so um, I learned to be very devious very young and then later um, I tried writing I think when I was about 20 or something and I I didn't get time after that until I retired which was 2011 and um, from the music industry because I couldn't I couldn't write when we were on the road it was just too chaotic and you're too busy polishing other people's egos to be able to sit down and immerse yourself in anything and so um I started writing properly then but I did have a go at it um about oh I don't know it must be about 30 years ago um, I was at a friend's house in Cornwall and I was writing away on one of the very first laptops we got and uh, she said what are you doing and my husband said oh she's writing a book and I'm thinking, don't tell her that because I don't want anybody to know. And she she came over my shoulder and she was reading it. And she said, well, what sort of book is this then? So I said, well, it's going to be a murder, you know, a crime story of some description. Well, she said, oh, it doesn't sound like you. You don't write like you. She said, well, no, I don't like that. And I, I was so mortified. I just never touched writing again until until I had time to do it. Because I, was, I just thought... God, it must be awful and my husband said no 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 it's not it's not but you know somebody can really put you off if you're not careful it's so easy so um yeah I always wanted to do it but never had the time until now
1: and then what made you actually decide to go for it when you did retire what gave you the push to say okay
0: today I'm gonna do it <laughs> boredom actually because my husband was away for a long time um he still has Business to attend to tie up our business, and um, I was I was on my own for hours and hours and days and days, and I, I didn't know anybody where we were, and so I thought, uh, oh I'll have a go at writing some. I wrote about fifty short stories over a period of about six months, and then um, when we eventually started unpacking and deciding what we were going to keep and what we weren't going to keep when we moved, um, I started coming across all of his, um, all of his fan club um letters you know letters from fans and posters and um tour schedules and all sorts of things like that and i used to sit down and read them and i think oh there's three piles going to keep that throw that think about that pile afterwards and so i had all these piles of stuff around and it's very difficult to part with Out. and so I said to him you better keep because I'm going to be chucking these things and we decided I think we kept about 99% of the things that we were going to get rid of and while I was looking I was making notes because I said oh I've forgotten that we've done this and I've forgotten that we've done that and when was this and when was that so I made notes and then off he went again and I was on my own again and so I decided to write a story but but it was going to be a crime story but it ended up more like a um it was set in the 1960s music scene late 1960s music scene because that's what I know and the modern music scene and um it it ended up like um Well, I thought I was going to bump somebody off in it, but it never happened. It just got more and more sort of interesting to me anyway. And um, my husband's former um, fan club secretary, Christina Jones, who's a very well-known writer, had always, um, she was his former fan club secretary. She wanted to write with me. She's always said that. And yet she writes romance and I, I wanted to write crime. And we never thought anything would ever come together that we could write about. And then when I'd started this book, which was called Only One Woman, this one there, um, she said, Well, let's read it. And I said, Oh, I don't know where it's going. I can't find anyone to bump off. And you know, it's getting a bit sort of romantic in places, and I don't do romance. So she said, Well, I do. So she so she she took it and she um she wrote another character into it. So it's now a love triangle. And you've got um presidential assassinations, Martin Luther King, moon landings, um, the, you know, the invasion of Czechoslovakia in there, the Paris student riots, all the music, all the food, all the fashions of the 1960s. And so um, that, that's what happened there. And while I was writing that, I was also writing two other novels, which were crime novels, and also a series, which is what I'm, I'm still working on now because, um, you know, it's with my agent. And uh, I, I was saying to you earlier, Isn't it strange, you know, I set something in the um, Ukraine with um, Ukrainian pro separatists working for the Russians and there it is in my book. And now it's on on the news today. So that's a bit sad, really. So that's how I started. And then, you know, that book got published and loads of short stories and things got published. So I've been very lucky, really, because it didn't get published. That happened by accident that's awesome it's a cool story as well (laughs) it's a strange I tell you what um, we moved again and I've still got a load of stuff that we actually put aside to get rid of and we still got it you just uh, we're hoarders I think you you know do you do that hoard dreadful terrible oh god
1: it drives my mum insane I'm like but I've got to keep it it's a memory I
0: can't yeah but, it, but it's handy, you know, because when when you want to write something, like I put a lot of music into my uh, crime novel sometimes, and I think, how how do we do that? How would that have worked back then? And so I can go back and look, So I keep dozens of diaries. I've got diaries coming out of my ears that I've had since I was 16. Um, you can go back and flick through and think, oh, yes, that's, you know, and we were wearing this and we were eating that, and this was the perfume we used, and the guy always all had their this and they wore their trousers like that so it's very it's very um handy actually to to refer back to wonderful um if you were to take any of your characters
1: out for a meal who would you choose and what would you ask them (laughs) oh
0: oh um i think out of any book um yeah any story? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, that's a, that is a very, very difficult one. I'm, I'm just thinking. It probably, probably would be the the story, you know, the books that I'm writing now. The character, the main character is called Lavinia Birdsong, and she's a former MI5 intelligence officer. And she came up from university and worked her way all through the desks. They're called desks in the... Um, MI5 so she was a counter-terrorism officer she was Northern Ireland agent runner um she she's done all those things and she's a martial arts expert and but she likes rock music and she likes nice wines and I think actually I'd quite like so she could buy all the food and all the drink and we could we could just I mean she's got a Mercedes a really nice Mercedes and uh I think you know we could go for a spin and then go to a really nice restaurant and uh enjoy the menu and perhaps she'll pay if she's been nice. <laughs> yeah, so, it sounds like she I, can I, afford I to. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I'd ask her why did she decide to to join MI5? Because she speaks five languages and she does, yeah, she's good with a gun and all sorts of things. Um, but she learned all that afterwards so I don't know what I'd ask her really I suppose it would be why did she join but she's but she's one of these women who likes to get on in life and she before she was sort of forced out of MI5 she I mean it's all what the story is of her trying to get back in again Um, she um, was aiming to be the third female director general because there've been two and um, I think that's basically what she wanted to do well i know she is what she wanted to do and i, I suppose i'd ask her why would you want to be the dg because you know if you've been an agent runner and you've been out in the field and you're tracking down isis and um you're tracking down organized crime gangs um, which she does in the books it's a russian mafia and he's pro um ukrainian um pro russian ukrainian separatists i'll get it right in a minute um if if you wanted to do that, why would you want to go and be a DG with director general and just sit in an office all day long? So that would be interesting. You know, I must think I might put that in the books. Actually, it's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> what did you want to be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she's fun because she, because, but you know, if she gets in. She can actually handle herself, which I couldn't, I'd have to, I can't even run away. <laughs> So um, yeah, she'd be cool.
1: And if you were to be picked up and transported as a character into any of your books, which book would you choose?
0: Oh ye gods! Well, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't want to be in the middle of a Russian mafia sting or whatever. Um, what would I like to do? Um, let me think. Oh yes, I know what. I'd, um, I'd like to be. I wrote two, two pieces of flash fiction a long time ago and the first piece was um set in modern day but it's about finding the body of somebody in a trunk in an old building and it's the story of how this person got to be in the trunk and it flashes back and it's a complete story and um it was it was i think it was something like a thousand words long or whatever i can't remember now People liked it so much, they asked me to write the second another part to it. So I wrote the story from the perspective of the person that was in the trunk, up until the point they went into the trunk, couldn't get out. And then I wrote the story from the perspective of the guy she was supposed to marry, but was actually forced to marry an older man. It's back in the 17th, 18th century. So, um, and it has pirates in it and buccaneers in it and it has um, romance in it but, it, but it's a swashbuckler. Um, and it's all set in in um, Galveston Island, uh, which is off of Texas. You know, it's where all the pirates lived. And so I, I would actually like to be the pirate in it because I love pirates. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I would actually like to be, I can't remember his name now, um, but it, the, the um, story is called, the first part of the story is called um, The Secret of Willow Cottage. And the tale of the runaway, uh, the tale of the reluctant bride, and the second part is called the secret of Willow Cottage, the tale of the jilted lover. Because they thought, you know, that they, they, she was forced to marry someone for money, and to keep the family ticking over. And um, he fought a duel with the guy that she married, and she, he thought he'd killed him, so he cleared off, and she went running and hiding and she hid herself in her wedding dress in this trunk and the lid came down they could never find her and so that's where she, that's where she was so it's it's all about this trunk being found but yes I I quite because um they're they're on high seas you know swashbuckling with Jean, Jean uh what's his name Jean something for Lafitte the pirate I can't remember now Jean-Philippe Lafitte I think pirate and I really really enjoyed researching that that was so much fun I had no idea that there were pirates off of Texas you know when I when I think of Galveston I just think of Glenn Campbell Galveston (laughs) the song (laughs) as you do because I've got a musical mind you know but that's what I do thank you that's a great question Hmm. um we were talking a little bit about this
1: before but if you were to fictionally kill someone how would you do it (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> we are devious, aren't we? <laughs> Lots of ways that you can't, uh, you can't discover. I would actually like to be able to inject somebody with air and do it somewhere where you couldn't find the point of the, the needle. I mean, the needles are so fine now, aren't they? You know, like when you've had your COVID jab and what have you, they're, they're like thin. And I think, now, if you did it under a toenail, then they, they were still, I might go black because they're still alive for that moment where the thing goes round to their heart. Um, I suppose you'd have to do it in their hair, wouldn't you? Get it in their mouth and perhaps inject it somewhere in their mouth. I don't know. But that's horrible. <laughs> but I've been, I have bumped a few people off with some funny things. We were talking about that. I've bumped them off with um, antifreeze. And I uh, say... Oh, a gym, a gym piece of gym equipment that accidentally fell and somebody fell under a train. So I've got a lot worse, you know, grotting people, as I said to you earlier, which is not very nice, but I don't I don't do graphics, so you see quite safe reading me. There's not much blood. <laughs> Someone else cleans it up. <laughs> Bless them. Than,
1: um, yeah, thank god for that yeah well they get paid a lot for doing it I think don't they, they do
0: <laughs> I've seen programs
1: on it actually it's quite ooh, you know yeah yeah no, I'll let someone else do that definitely um and if you were fictionally killed who would you want to solve your murder
0: oh gosh that that is a cool one isn't it um who would I want to do it you know i love so i so i love so many you mean a fictional character don't you to solve it yeah yeah um who would i want yeah i think i might like harry Bosch from the Michael Connolly books yeah I think I think I might like him I, I nearly said Miss Marple <laughs> but, but no no I think um I think Harry Bosch yeah he'd be be dead cool
1: it's a popular choice um interestingly i asked this yeah i asked this question a lot um and i think two or three people have answered their own detectives um sherlock holmes is a
0: popular choice um, do you do know I've never read Sherlock Holmes it's never appealed to me I love I love all the adventure stories for boys when I was when I was growing up I used to read all the boys adventure books I've read biggles and things like that but Sherlock Holmes never appealed at all but yes you're right I could I could have a Lavinia bird song solve my <laughs> solve my murder now she would be tenacious yes so if 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 she sort of like um, teamed up with Harry Bosch I'd be happy the two of them that would be a cool combination it would <laughs> I'll have to ask I'll have to ask Michael Connolly if he'd like Lavinia Bird's stories <laughs> that'd be fun yeah I'd, I'd love to.
1: for a charity they should do a mashup of so many detective teams it'd be so cool to have you know like random completely incompatible detectives working together yeah yeah that, that would be actually
0: Suggested to someone. Yeah, I don't know who, but someone. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, I d- I did. Um, well, I've done quite a few anthologies with people, but I did um, one with Martin Edwards, um, which was uh, called In a Word Murder, and um, it was put together by um, Margot Kinberg, which is a she's a professor of uh, creative writing, and she decided to put this out um, anthology together when a friend died who was an editor and a crime writer um, to, to raise money for her, for the hospice that she was in and um, so we all had to write a story about a crime in publishing so the murder had to take place in publishing so it could be music publishing or book publishing and that was cool because all of the different ways that the the writers thought about killing somebody off because you know a book hadn't been published or somebody's um, Done something to you know plagiarism or something, and uh, my mine was a bit more complex because it was music. It was a music publishing, um, but it started off in Hollywood with um, a very very famous uh, music publisher who had a party at his house and uh, invited a presidential candidate. And his PA, the 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 um, mover and shaker from Hollywood, his PA saw something and overheard something at the party. And um, then they decided that they wanted to bump her off. So she spends the, the story trying to save her skin, but she, nobody would employ her to do anything. So she couldn't get a job anywhere. And she ended up with, with the Secret Service and everybody after her. And so she decided she'd write a book. And she, she got a publisher. But it's, this, it's what happens then, you know, to her, because they were trying to shut her up um but I wrote that because I've been to this place in Hollywood well Beverly Hills actually was absolutely fantastic and all the people that came there were were presidential candidates or ex-presidents and things like that and it was just I I was watching it all and thinking to myself that'd i make a super super story you know so yeah so that I've, I've done that so yeah do an anthology that'd be brilliant for it <laughs> yeah I
1: just yeah that's cool Anyway, <laughs> um, when you're editing, what's your
0: most overused word or phrase? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm absolutely dreadful, actually. Commas and flipping semicolons and God only knows. Uh, I think they're overworked. I probably put well in front of things. Well, I said so and so. And somebody said to me a long time ago, nobody says well. And, and I put the news on and they were going, um, you know, when they're reporting from somewhere, well. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, but I think probably I put well in conversations and people tell me to take it out. Yeah, but no, not a phrase, not really. No. I, I, I probably resort to, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just the word well. I know it myself and I'm typing it, I think naughty girl. <laughs>
1: Yeah it's it's very I love that question as well because every author knows generally and yeah. it's always a little word a single yes. word and yet it's so annoying yeah. I think uh, Lewis Hastings I said I was speaking to this morning was that yeah that yes yeah and he had to take over 500 out of his manuscripts I was like okay. <laughs> yeah so
0: that's that, that, that and which. That's another word, isn't it? I mean, it's and then you get the two confused. When do you use that, and when do you use which? And I have to sit and think every single time which one is it. Yeah. Do you find that when you were doing anything, you find you go? Oh, should I take don't that think. On? Yeah,
1: I don't think I've got to that stage yet, but I do notice that I write. Uh, what is it? Really, I think I use really too much.
0: Yeah. Everything's
1: yeah. really something and really something, and I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. sake, yeah, so.
0: Yeah, and and very, yeah. People use very, and you're not you're not supposed to use very because nobody ever says in real conversation. I'm very cold. They never say that. They just say I'm cold. They never use the word very, <laughs> which I think is a load of rubbish. But there we are. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. But yeah,
1: <laughs> these are the yes. rules we must abide by.
0: <laughs> Do you know when I when I was younger um, doing English? and things you never had rules like that you had to be creative creative writing meant descriptive you know adjecti- adjectives and adverbs and what have you and now you're not allowed to use them it's ridiculous because people do talk yeah. I, I yeah. don't know I mean, people read books because they love the descriptions they tell you that you know oh I love the description of stone so I was nearly there yeah can't do it I
1: yeah. know oh, weird <laughs> um, if you were able to spend a day with any author dead or alive who would you like to spend a day with
0: oh my god that's a difficult one um I think it might be Daphne du Maurier because I absolutely love her books and I love I love um her writing but I also love her imagination I mean it would be a toss-up between her and Agatha Christie actually <laughs> I think um, because yeah, because Daphne de Maurier, she writes adventure. Well, I, I don't call it romance, I call it adventure. And, you know, she's just a turn of phrase. I think she's such a talented writer. So I I, I could split her down the middle, half of her could be Agatha Christie, the other half could be Daphne du Maurier. Yeah, failing that, I would like to um, have John McCary because I absolutely loved his books. No, I grew up reading them.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you're able to travel to any period
0: of time, either forwards or backwards, where would you go? Uh, oh, I, I don't think i go backwards again. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Um, to satisfy my husband's curiosity... I probably would like to go forward a couple of hundred years so that I could tell him yes or no there were aliens and that they that they're already here you know and that they're visiting because he will hate to die not know <laughs> so I, 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 I would get a big kick out of that you know because he's always on about they're here, they're here they're amongst us already. and I could say I knew that because look. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think for the future, a couple of hundred years, I do not want to be living on Mars and I do not want to be living on the moon. I think they should be left alone, but I love it. You know, I love it. So yeah, forward in time to when we know if we've got visitors or not. Um,
1: who was your first celebrity crush?
0: <laughs> I, I oh God. When I was younger you didn't really have them, but I, I suppose I had a crush on my husband when he was in his band and I met him. That was that was um pretty cool. Um I I had so many musicians on my bedroom wall. Um apart from the Beatles and Alice Cooper and um Paul Jones who's just turned 80 today. <laughs> A scary thought. Um, I don't know who it was actually. Um, Scott Walker. It could have been Scott Walker from the Walker Brothers. Gorgeous looking man, gorgeous voice. It could have been. <laughs> I'm that's an unusual choice. Yeah, I know. There were so many, really. I mean, I I did really, really, really like Alice Cooper and about 1989 I think I got to work with him and I, <laughs> I can't tell you he was so lovely such a lovely lovely man but we got to work with him in Hollywood and I can remember seeing him and, and th- having to pinch myself because I thought like well, I can't I can't sort of go starry-eyed in that because we were working in a in the management sort of way with some artists that were working with him but I stood there and had a I had a little moment, (laughs) you know, and and he was as nice as I thought he would be, it really was. But I did I I got home, my husband and he said he said you you thought that was a big thrill, didn't you? And I said I couldn't stop going (laughs) to myself. (laughs) No, he was lovely.
1: Yeah, right. One of my other author friends, also called Jane, oddly, um, is a huge Alice Cooper fan as well, yeah. and she gets um, Alice yeah. Cooper lyrics into her books. <laughs> yeah, and she's met him yeah. as well because yeah. she used to work I mean, for I... charity.
0: Oh, right, and he does a lot of work for charity. Yeah, yeah. Now we were doing, we were um, getting some musicians together for his tour for the album called Poison. Um, so it was in, it was in Hollywood, and I think it was about. It must have been eighty nine, I think, 1989, around about there anyway. Yeah, so it was cool. But it was just like, oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Um, Where's the strangest or funniest place you've ever woken
0: up? (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Have I ever woken up? Um, I think... if I'm I'm correct, was um, one of the very first times my mother let me go out with my husband-to-be, he was not then, he was just a boyfriend, um, and his band, and... I was told to be back by midnight, but the van broke down, There was this terrible thing. So I didn't get back till five o'clock in the morning with the milkman, which uh, made me very popular, spending the night in a van with uh, five, six men. Um, but I didn't realize we, we'd left the gig, we'd left the gig on time. And so I'm sat in the back and I fell asleep. And it must've been a couple of hours later, we, the van broke down in the middle of Salisbury Plain and it was really really creepy because there were no lights no people nothing just black and um waking up in that was quite what well, was the so square because there was nobody in the van they'd all gone to see if they could find petrol or a. Um, I don't know what was wrong actually in those days you only had phone boxes well you're not going to find a phone box in the middle of Salisbury Plain, <laughs> so they so they wandered off, and I was left there because I was asleep, and uh, eventually about an hour later they came back because they'd had to try and find a phone box to call a pickup truck to come and, you know, help out with the sea or something. So that was that was strange, but I've just some, suddenly re- remembered waking up in the middle of an earthquake um, in Los Angeles, and that was 94, 1994. We'd just come in the studio about half an hour early, uh, earlier and we'd gone to bed because we are absolutely shattered, been recording for like three days non-stop. And um, all of a sudden the whole place started to shake, rattle, and roll and things were flying through the air and I sort of sat up, bolt upright and saw a television go past, you know, and a few other bits and bobs. Um, so that was, yeah, I should have said that really, that was scary. And it was strange because I didn't know where I was because <laughs> I'd been asleep. <laughs> Where's the strangest place you've woken up? Well, don't I dare ask.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's a good question, actually. I might have to think about that.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Be careful of your answer. Yeah. I'll have to get back to you on that one, I think. Yeah, okay. I'll hold you to it. I knew someone had turned that back on me one day. I knew I'd have to think
0: of my answer. Yeah, yeah. It's a hard one, actually, you know. um, The strangest place. I think it's the strangest the strangest things around you that makes it strange you know it's not that the place I think when it's every day it's even more peculiar if you wake up in a strange circumstance like you've been in a dream or something and then everything looks alien for a few minutes but uh no I think it's either the earthquake or the um Salisbury Plain, because that was my first experience of being left on my own right in the middle of nowhere not knowing where I was or who who was there you know yeah, they all cleared off and left me the rotten lot yeah
1: I know one of them could have stayed don't need five people to find a phone box does it
0: oh I don't know how many people does it take to change a light bulb <laughs> yeah true <laughs> and we are, we are we are talking rock bands here we're not talking but Einstein you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I've exactly. switched between the drum kits and things so I'll probably safer to leave me wherever
1: was um, so are you working on anything at the moment and what's coming next for you
0: oh right um, well i've got um i think i said to you earlier the first book of miss birdsong investigates my mi5 lady in with my agent and um i'm writing the second and the third book in that series. So the second book is called The Matryoshka Files, which is about these Russian dolls that you peel open, um, which relates to the first book, but it's a standalone. And the third book I'm writing is called The Safe House, which is, again, it comes on from the first and second book, but you can read it on its own. And um, I'm rewriting them because I'd written them all to fit in with book one. And then um, when my agent first took it, she said, could I just embellish one of the characters more? And um, and made me think, well, okay, then. So I've had to embellish them all the way through the books. (laughs) But apart from that, um, that's what I'm on. And uh, I'm doing a sequel to Only One Woman, which is the, the book I told you about, which is that one. And um, I've got loads of short stories on the go as well. and I've got a music industry so um, but that's taking longer to do really. i busy, you know yeah. I don't I don't I don't, I don't um, spend a lot of time gazing into space. I'm usually beavering away. you know you've got to keep, you've got to keep doing it. It's, it's like um, practicing, isn't it like a sports person if you don't do it every day, you get out of the habit. Definitely. Well,
1: I can't think of any more questions for you, unless you think there's anything I haven't asked you that you want to tell us about.
0: Um, no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, we've probably covered it all anyway, but, I mean, we, we did do a two-and-a-half-hour chat, didn't we, recently, and that covered <laughs> yeah. everything from forensics <laughs> through to God only knows what. I think we put the world right. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then you forgot to press record. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <are> so funny. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, we just had to funny. chat. <laughs> it was a good laugh wasn't it? Yeah, it was. no, I think uh that's it. I mean I can show you just before I go. That book there is being used by um Western Kentucky University in Kentucky, America, by the second units. Um they're seeing the book. And uh So um, I think it's their introduction to literature class. So I'm quite chuffed about that. And I'm doing, um, in the beginning of March sometime, I'm doing the LitCon festival coming out of uh, New York, which is like a gathering of authors that get together and chew the fat, but it's all, all online. But at the moment, it's sort of on hold, I think. They're going to confirm it because the person that runs it had a death in the family, so they might be doing it. year which is a shame but I was the lead panelist so (laughs) I I was scared of that I've not done that one before I've done music panels before so um yeah
1: I'm cool and so would you just like to tell everyone where they can find out more about you and where they can get your books from
0: yep that'd be lovely thank you very much um right you can get my books on Amazon and in Water stones and barnes noble and um who else wh smith i think has them i think you've got to order them um and what's the other oh, loads of digital i can never remember the names and um so i have another page on amazon information there i've got an author page on uh, facebook on instagram twitter linkedin pinterest and I think that's it is that about right isn't it that sounds about right yeah Um, yeah so (laughs) yeah so if you're interested I mean most of my music most of my music see the brain most of my books have got music in or they've got a little bit of um, espionage or or organized crime or something like that so um, if you're interested in you know not just straightforward crime uh, but crime with a twist that's me and I usually keep people guessing to the last page or so What's going on? Because I like books like that myself. I love unraveling puzzles, and so I try and write puzzles, which of course takes a long time because you disappear up your own exhaust pipe if you're not careful, and you can't, you know, you've got all these struts, knots, and everything on. You're trying to keep it up in the air, tie yourself up in knots. So, yeah, that's me. Oh, and I write for magazines, so you can get Writers and Readers magazine. I have a regular series in that called In the Mix, which is some of my stories from the music industry, but the names have been changed to protect the innocent and stop me desert down the Thames with concrete boots, or finding a horse's head in my bed. So I changed the names. Brilliant! Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you, and I hope you feel better now. Thank you. You know. Yeah, and and thank you very much for having me back and uh, for everybody listening. And if anybody wants to ask any questions, please do. And I'll answer them if you let me know. Right. That's brilliant. Thank you very much, Donna.